Hello everyone, and welcome to episode number 9 of Building Strength with your host, Theo Lim. I'm going to take a slight detour for today's episode, and I will be talking about books. So, I haven't always been an avid reader, but over the years, I've become more and more of a reader, and I really see the value of the value and the power of learning more challenging our own thoughts our own philosophies and just being exposed to what other people are writing about or thinking about i think it's very important to continue to grow and learning new things is one way to grow so Before I dive in, I named this podcast Building Strength with Theo Lim because I thought that that would allow me to talk about other things that I'm interested in and that you guys might be interested in other than strength training. I love strength training. Strength training is my life. Um, It builds physical strength, it builds mental strength, and it builds emotional strength. And that is why I called this podcast Building Strength with Theo Lim. Because I think aside from physical strength, there are two other types of strengths that are very important for just living life and knowing how to navigate life. I think mental strength is very important as well as emotional strength. So that is is really the reason why I named this podcast Building Strength. So, why did I mention that? I think my foray into reading books, it started about six years ago, back in 2012, 2011. I started to read, and I started reading a lot. And eventually I found topics that really interested interested me, and... These things really helped me build my own life philosophy. It helped me build the mindset that I have today. Um, So reading, understanding the things that people are writing about and talking about, in addition to my own life experience and putting those things together, they really taught me about how to be a person, how to be a human being, and just like how to do my own thing, be comfortable with myself, and just roll with it. So, rewind back to 2012. I was perusing like a strength training forum. It was probably bodybuilding.com. Shoutouts to the MISC. If you know, you know. Anyway, there's a thread. Um, Someone had started a 52 books in 52 weeks challenge. And I thought that was pretty cool. And I thought it'd be a good way for me to really get going on it. So I started, we started that in like January 1st and we went all year. So at the time I was still in school. So I had a solid commute time on the public transit, going to school and going back home. That was about one hour going there and one hour coming back home every day. So this gave me a really, really good chance 
to get in a lot of reading time. And I'd say that's how I attribute how I actually got this done. Because these days, I'm nowhere close to 52 books in 52 weeks. I'm not really making the time for it. And I also don't take the public transit as often now. So if you guys ride public transit, excellent time for reading. So 52 books in 52 weeks. How did I do it? So it averages up out to about one book a week, right? And what I did was say I had a fiction book that was 350 pages. And fiction is usually easier to digest than nonfiction. I'll get more into that later. So say I had a book that was 350 pages. I knew if I wanted to read that in the week, I had to read 50 pages a day, at least, right? So it was simply about making the time for those 50 pages a day, usually about 30 minutes to an hour, and just getting it done. And I had a good mix of nonfiction and fiction, because you can't just read 52 nonfiction books a year. Like, you can, but I don't really see the value in that as much. Again, I'll get more into that later when I talk about why I love fiction so much. So, I kept track of, I kept track of the books I read. I made a list, and after I finished each book, I would give it a rating out of five. It was just for me, um, I would give it four out of five, four and a half out of five. Some books were a three, some books were a three and a half. I'm pretty generous with the ratings, so if at any time it fell under a three, I probably didn't even finish the book. So I never really gave any books a three out of five. Okay, let me rewind a little. 52 books. I did not buy 52 books. I maybe bought two of them. I'm lucky enough to live in Toronto, where the the public library system is amazing. I highly recommend it for everyone out there. Um, And I also had the school library at the time, which was really good as well. So what I do, I would go on the library website, and I would go on Amazon, and I would also go on goodreads.com. That's like a database for all of the books. Lots of reviews there, lots of, um, lots of lists, like 50 books you should read in your lifetime, stuff like that. So, public library site, Amazon, and Goodreads. I, through Goodreads and Amazon, I would find the books that I was interested in, topics I was interested in. For me, that's mainly like adventure, fiction, um, philosophy for nonfiction, and I'm going to go through my top books over the years so you guys will see like what kind of books I'm into. And if you guys are kind of in the same mindset, into the same things, I highly recommend all the books I'll be talking about today. So what I would do, I would just put like 20 books on hold at the library. And the library system is sick because you can make a hold inactive. So you can just put it on hold You can wait until you're the next person in line for the book because sometimes you have to wait, right? So then you make it inactive. And once you finish the books you're currently reading, you just go and make those active. And you'll get the next set of books in no time. 
So that's what I did. I would just cycle through books from the library and because no way I'm buying 52 books. First of all, I don't really have the space or nor do I want to make the space for that. And I think that's kind of a waste of money. For me, I only buy books that I've already read or that I know like I've read the, that author's books before and I know this next one's going to be awesome. So then I'll buy it. But in general, I'll borrow it from the library first or I'll borrow it from a friend. Or even now with all the ebooks, I'll read the ebook and I'll read it, I'll review it. If it's a four and a half out of five, if it's a four out of five, I'll usually buy it. So I'll let you know which books I've bought now and I still don't have a lot. So first year, I didn't reach 52 books. I read about 40 that first year, which was pretty good considering I read zero the eight years before that. So I read 40 books. Next year, I think I got up to 52. Then there's one year that I got up to 57. And then from there, it's kind of been on a downward trend. I've hit like 40, 30. Last year, I think I only read 12 or 15. And I hope to continue to read. I No, I don't hope to continue to read more books. I will continue to read more books. It's just now, I think, um, I think with reading nonfiction, after you read the really good ones, like the ones about mindset, the ones about philosophy or meaning of life or stuff like that, after a while, I think they're all the same. Um, like at the end of the day, they are all the same. I'm not sure if people will agree with that, but I think especially philosophy books or books about like, or self-help books, which is very popular. And I have like, those help me a lot. I think at the end of the day, they're driving at the same point. And I think reading too many of them, it's fine. It's not a bad thing. But I think that it can definitely be overdone. So let me start with nonfiction because I've read a good amount of nonfiction books and I really enjoy them so much. So I'm going to list about 10 of them that I've read that have really helped me personally. And I recommend you guys to... Um, if you guys like the sound of a book, definitely write it down, go to your library, take it out or go buy it. These books help me a ton. So let me start nice and simple. Book number one that really, really changed my mindset. And I actually own this book. I'll let you know which books I actually own and which I don't right now. Book number one, The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. You guys have probably heard about this book. It's pretty like widespread now. It's very popular. Anyway, this book really, really helped me at that point in time because I was super into mindfulness, meditation, 
awareness, these kinds of things. And that was a lot of what I was taking in school as well. So when I picked up this book and I read it, it was amazing. This book for me was a four and a half out of five. Just a side note, I don't think I ever gave a book five out of five. Actually, I gave one book five out of five, but I try not to. It's like when you rate things, you can't give them the full 100%. There's always room to improve. But anyway, Power of Now. It was pretty awesome, pretty amazing, pretty life-changing. It really, it's talking about um, basically learning to live in the present, trying not to be anxious about the past or the future, because the present is really all we have. Like, the now is all we have. What he's saying, I'm just going to go over two things that I really enjoyed him talking about. One thing that always sticks to my mind is he said, or he wrote, nothing ever happened to us in the past. It happened in the now. And nothing is ever going to happen to us in the future. It's going to happen in the now. What he meant by that is sometimes we we get we all do it. We get caught up in what happened yesterday or what that person said to us yesterday. And what he's driving at is that nothing really happened to us yesterday. It happened to us when we were in the now. That just so happened to be yesterday. So there's no point like it's no longer in our control because that happened in the past. Um, so what he's saying is we shouldn't really stress about it. Same thing about in the future. I could be worrying about the course that I need to complete within the next six weeks. And I could be really anxious about it, be really stressed about it because it's about to happen in the future, right? But what he's trying to tell us is that we just need to harness the present. We need to harness the now and just learn to live within this. So what I can do instead of worrying about, oh my God, I need to finish all these readings in the next six weeks. I need to record all these videos in the next six weeks. I can just think about today. I can just think about right now. After this podcast, I can go read 30 minutes of that course reading and I'm one step closer to that. So that's one thing I really enjoyed. He said, nothing ever happened to us in the past. Nothing will ever happen to us in the future. It only happens in the now. One other thing I really liked, I really love this because he, he writes, he uses the word God a lot. He uses the word God with a capital G a lot. And growing up, and around the time that I read this, I was very against... I grew up in a Catholic household. Um, my f whole family's... Not my immediate family, but like our aunts, our uncles, grandparents. They're very religious. My own immediate family, mother, father, not so much. But anyway, we grew up around that. We went to church every Sunday. And it eventually really made me question what the hell was going on. You know, there comes a certain point in time when you're like, wait, religion, 
Catholic Church, God, what's going on here? Like, what's really going on here? So anyway, when he, he uses the word God a lot um, in the beginning of the book, and he even, he knew, he knew what he was doing, right? He says, whenever you hear the word God, just think about, just replace it with the word being, with a capital B. So being instead of God. So even when, I'm sure people deal with this now too, when your religious friends or someone you know might talk about God, and there's a certain stigma to the word God. Like we, if you're not into the religion aspect of things, it can, th- it can really put you off. Just hearing it, you don't, you don't even want to, there's like a block and you don't want to hear anything else that person says, right? So what he said that really changed the way I thought about it was that anytime someone says the word God, just replace it with the word being. So it's like, instead of believing in God, this entity that we may not believe in, just say, I believe in being, right? And it's like, instead of this entity that we don't really believe in, it becomes like the being in ourselves. Like we're responsible for it, not some other thing. I'm not sure if that really made sense, but I just remember that had a huge impact on me. So the power of now, that would be, I can confidently say it's a life-changing book. I really enjoyed it. It helped me out a ton. While we're on this subject, two other books that really helped me with my whole mindfulness process and learning to live a more mindful life. This is another book that I now own. It's called Wherever You Go, There You Are. Mindfulness Meditation in Everyday Life by John Kabat-Zinn. So what I really enjoy about this book, the title says it all. Wherever you go, there you are. What he's getting at is that the grass is not always greener on the other side. It's like, even right now, I'm sure a lot of us deal with this. Um, due to the nature of our lives, we might have a busy work week. We might be very stressed out. Home life is very stressful as well. And you just, you're just over it. Like, I'm over it. I, I don't want to do any of this. I hate going to work. I'm going to go on vacation. Um, I'm going to go for a week, for two weeks, whatever. And he says that going elsewhere, going somewhere else, finding a new job, going on vacation, moving somewhere else in the country or another continent, it might help us temporarily, but eventually the what was really bothering us or like the real cause of the issue is going to come back because those issues are within us. They're not outside of us. It's our inability to deal with them and our inability to face them and really confront them and resolve those issues. If I'm super stressed out here, I could move to Spain 
things might be a bit better for a little while, maybe a couple weeks, maybe even a couple months. But eventually, the same things that bothered me here are going to be are going to bother me over there. So that's I thought that was really powerful. Just wherever you go, there you are. Um, he also it's a book it's a book about like he's basically teaching you how to meditate with my mindfulness mindfully meditate in everyday life right so of course there's like sitting meditation he has a couple drills for that um meditating before you sleep just like doing a body scan before you sleep and it might help you relax and sleep better or fall asleep faster one thing that's really held that i've really held on to and that i practice or i really make an effort to practice every single day is meditating in everyday life as in right now i'm currently not meditating like i'm not doing a sitting meditation i used to wake up and i would do a 10 minute sitting meditation every morning that was really helpful and i just haven't gotten into that habit in the past year or so but one thing that i really focus on is my breath and you guys know I talk about breath so much. Like breath is so important. For me, it really helps me anchor down to the now, to the present. So I try to meditate while I do things now, while I do everyday things. So while I wash dishes, I'll focus on my breath. Three second inhale, three second exhale. Then I would work up to four or five second inhale, four or five second exhale. So meditating while washing the dishes, meditating while vacuuming my home, meditating while folding the clothes, and even uh, meditating, I do this one a lot when I drive, uh, meditating while I drive, just taking, and it doesn't have to be long. It really doesn't. I think for me, five to 10 really good inhales and exhales is plenty so if i can get so say i'm doing six second inhales and six second exhales that's 12 seconds of breath for five breaths that's a minute of mindful breathing and for me that's enough like a minute here there here and there every day helps me anchor down really good so wherever you go there you are i highly recommend that book I love that book. That's a four and a half out of five for me. Moving on to the next book. Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. This is a book about, um, it was written or it was based on this man's experience in a concentration camp. Um, he... So he was in a concentration camp for months, years. I forget, like it's been a long time since I've read this, but it always sticks to me. The one thing that always sticks to me is if you have a strong enough why, you will have a strong enough how. Or it's something like that, something along those lines. Like if you have a strong enough why, you'll figure out the how. So I think that's something that I practice 
daily as well. Not directly related to this book, but this definitely helped me develop what I'm doing nowadays. Is that I'm on a daily basis, I'll write my, my, what I call my ultimate life goals. I'll write these down every single day, every morning. And for me, it just really reminds me of why I'm doing the things I'm doing. It really provides, again, that anchor that I can go back to when things get tough. So just having a really strong why will help us with what we're doing and how we're doing it. So let me segue. Man's Search for Meaning, four four out of five. I love that book as well. I don't own it. I do want to reread it because if you guys know Jordan Peterson, who's really big right now in the whole philosophy or um, just the life scene, he he said, um, it was crazy, he said that when we read books like Man's Search for Meaning, we actually, as a natural thing, we take the position of the good guy. So in that book, like, people did really atrocious things, right? These are prisoners of war. They're in a concentration camp. And what Viktor Frankl noted was that you don't know what you're capable of until you're in that position. So if you have to, like, snitch on someone or, you know, um, give, give your friend up just so you have the opportunity to live one more day, you don't know that you would actually do that until you're in that position. So, what Jordan Peterson said is that when we read these books, we're taking, we usually take the position of the good guy. So, in our minds, we're like, damn, these people are doing some really fucked up stuff. Um, I would never do that. But what Jordan Peterson said, which is why I want to reread this book now, is that we should actually try to take the position of the, like, we should personify the person doing the atrocious things and just like really trying to be one with that person and see how it feels because we can't judge that person from the point of view where we're like oh god that that person's done some horrible things like i would never do that myself so let me introduce you to my next book one of my favorite books of all time How to Read a Book, The Classic Guide to Intelligent Reading by Mortimer J. Adler and Charles Van Doren. So at first, it sounds like a really gimmicky book, how to read a book, like you're going to get better at reading, ha ha, you're missing these things, ha 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 ha. It's not like that. Dr. Mortimer J. Adler is the fucking man. He was, let me give some credibility to him. He was the chairman of the board of editors for the Encyclopedia Britannica. That's the that's the encyclopedia. The fucking encyclopedia. But anyway, how to read a book. This helped me so much with my studies as well as everything else. Just like, you see how I've been relating something I've learned from The Power of Now to what I learned from Man's Search for Meaning? to something I heard Jordan Peterson say, and I relate all of those things. So in How to Read a Book, 
Mortimer J. Adler and his partner, who I don't give enough credit to, but anyway, they, they wrote about how to read intelligently, how to pick up on themes that you read over here. Like, what was the person trying to, what was the author trying to convey here? And then making a point of that and learning how to relate what you've read to our own life experiences as well as other books that I've read. Because in school, um, if you guys were in like English or anything where you had to write essays, it was always about, okay, we're writing about these three different articles similar themes but three completely different articles or books and you're gonna write one essay about them so it was about learning how to take themes from each book and adding your own insight to that and really putting it all together to form a new idea that was based on those things so he called that analytical reading and that's why for me when I when I talk about books I always relate it to oh this is very similar to what this other person was saying in this book and I've experienced this myself so how to read a book by Mortimer J Adler and Charles Van Doren highly highly recommend like I cannot even recommend this enough it sounds really gimmicky but it is powerful. And I read this, I think, a, a year after I started. So this really helped me um, connect themes from when I really started reading 50 books in 50 weeks. So those are my first four nonfiction books that I really recommend for anyone. And then for my own personal enjoyment... I really enjoyed reading I really enjoy reading books about stoic philosophy. So people like um Marcus Aurelius, Seneca, these guys really helped shape my own mindset. So I missed a third person. I have Marcus Aurelius, Seneca, and Epictetus. Epictetus was the man. But anyway, these guys were very realistic, very, just very realistic when it came to living life. And the things that they said were resonated with me a lot because that's like, I have a very similar mindset. Basically, Stoicism. It's like a philosophy based on personal ethics and how we can use our own personal ethics and our systems, like our own logic, and how we can use these things to view the world outside of us and still stay anchored to ourself. Like not allowing ourselves to be controlled by outside things or even our own desires it's just really about learning how to live within ourselves, be present, and be logical. So, Marcus Aurelius, 
let me give you some books here. Um, I don't remember which Seneca book I read. He's got a couple. But the one that really helped me was Marcus Aurelius's book. And I'm trying to pull it up right now. I'm ashamed that, yes, huh, I should have known that. Meditations by Marcus Aurelius, one of the best books that I've read. It's like, let me just give you a quote from him just to show you what kind of stuff, what kind of things he was putting out. You have power over your mind, not outside events. Realize this and you will find strength. Another one. I'll give you two more. It's right here. When you arise in the morning, think of what a precious <laughs> When you arise in the morning, think of what a precious privilege it is to be alive, to breathe, to think, to enjoy, to love. Last one from him. Very little is needed to make a happy life. It is all within yourself in your way of thinking. So for me, that's the kind of things, those are the kinds of things I'm really into. Like, I really believe that we create our environment from within. Like, and what we are dealing with within will also project into our outer world. So if you live a... For me, I try to live a life where, like, I create the terms. Um, it's never and really anybody else's fault. It's usually like from within. So that person, it wasn't his fault that it bought that what he said bothered me. It's my fault that it let me that it that I let myself get bothered by it. That kind of mindset. So, aside from those philosophers, I've read a couple of really good ones. I have the book, actually. I forgot to list it as one of my books. Anyway, I'll pass on that one right now. I feel bad, but... Okay, so now moving into two last books for nonfiction. These ones I've read in the past two years, and they really helped me. They're by my man, Grant Cardone. He's all about sales, all about sales training. So, 10X Rule by Grant Cardone. Life changer. That really helped me understand the value of living up to our potential. Just making loftier goals, making 10X goals. His point being that if your goal is to make $1 million in a year, that goal should actually be $10 million a year. Because even if you don't get that $10 million and you only get that $4 million a year, it's still going to be more than your original goal of $1 million. So it's like even with myself, if my goal is to train 50 clients, have 50 active clients right now, that's too little of a too little of a goal like it's not such a comp it's not compelling enough for me to actually take the action that will get me to that goal 
So make take your goal, 10 exit, and then go for that number. That was his thing. And he's he was saying like, it's our duty, our obligation, our life purpose to be, to live up to our full potential. Because if we want to take care of the people around us, if we want to take care of ourselves, we should be living up to our potential. So for me, growing up, I was never ever like a person that desired to make money, desired to make a lot of money. Like money is whatever. I can always go and live off the grid or go and live at a Buddhist temple or something. Like I don't really need money. But he made me realize that no, money is actually important. Like we need to learn how to make money and learn how to utilize that money. So for what I really learned from 10x Rule and his other book, Sell or Be Sold, is just that money can help us live a better life. Um, And one of the things that I always relate to, and even like, yeah, even right now, it's always in the back of my mind. One of the things he says is that we don't, people don't really have spending problems. Like we don't really have problems overspending. We usually have problems earning money. So we don't really have spending problems. We have earning problems. And another thing, like if you guys know Grant Cardone, if you guys have read his books or watch his videos, he's a super hyped up man, right? He's like really over the top. That's just his character. That's just how he does it, right? So I love when he says like people will call into his show or people will message him a question like, oh, Grant, um, you know, I'm, I'm not sure how to go about this. Like I have so many bills to pay, all that stuff you know, things that everyone deals with. And he said, he always goes back to, look, if your, if your income, if your top line, your income, your revenue, if that number is so big, all of the other numbers will not matter. Like your mortgage payment, your cell phone bill, your uh, grocery bill, none of this will matter if you just earn enough money. And it's true. I believe that 100%. At the end of the day, if like if you're a business person, if you're in business for yourself, and even if you're not, at the end of the day, earning more income, creating more income is the answer. How to go about that is a different story. But that's really the answer. Earn more. Create more income. Make more. So those are, those are my nonfiction books that I really enjoyed. Let me go over them one more time. I got Power of Now, Wherever You Go, There You Are, Man's Search for Meaning, How to Read a Book, Meditations, and 10X Rule. Those are my top nonfiction books. I highly recommend all of those. So, moving into fiction. I'm a really big fan of fiction. I love fiction so much. Um, 
I have to give credit to my girlfriend who really got me into science fiction and fantasy. This was not a genre that I really gave much attention to, but it's crazy. There is so much good stuff in like in fantasy and science fiction novels because it's all based on um, imagining a world that is slightly different or and it always goes back to philosophy that's what i love so much about it like even recently i was watching star trek the next generation and captain captain picard just like every episode drops two minutes of straight knowledge he just has like a two minute monologue where he's dropping ethics and just straight fire about life and it's crazy i love that so much i'm a big fan okay so one thing that I really enjoy about fiction, I think it's super underrated. Like I said before, I don't think reading nonfiction all the time is the way to go. And actually, there are, there are studies done where before you go to bed, it's better to read fiction because it kind of turns our minds off, gets the creative juices flowing, as opposed to reading nonfiction where we're still in that mode where we need to learn and do things. So it's just a different mode, right? So I think doing both, especially if you're trying to read 52 books in 52 weeks, what I ended up doing is that I would have a nonfiction book on the go. And at the same time, I would be reading a fiction book as well. And because nonfiction, like sometimes it's very difficult to digest the info and you just can't read 50 pages of it in one shot. So I would bang out 10, 20 pages of a really hard book and then I would go read something really easy and I could bang out 30, 40 pages of that. And then by doing that, just switching back and forth, it was really helpful. It kept things fresh and I didn't get bored of what I was reading. Okay. My number one fiction book. If you guys are looking for a book to read right now, this is the book to read. Name of the Wind, The Name of the Wind by Patrick Rothfuss. This is the only book I've ever given a five out of five. The Name of the Wind by Patrick Rothfuss. It's a fantasy book. It follows this badass main character through all of his adventures. The way I describe it is that this is Harry Potter on steroids. Like if Harry Potter was written for a 13, 15 year old, the Name of the Wind was written for like a 20, 25-year-old. Like the, the things that happen in that book, the adventures he goes on, it's insane. I've reread this book about three times now. There's also a sequel, which is equally as good. It's called The Wise Man's Fear. So The Name of the Wind and The Wise Man's Fear, if you're looking for books to read right now, these are the only books you should be looking at. Patrick Rothfuss. Just a side note, we've been waiting for the third book for a couple years now. Just sitting here waiting. Waiting on you, Patrick. Come on, man. Dish out that third book. We all want it. So, those two books. And just a side note, I'm going to link all of the books in the show notes that you can find at buildingstrength.podbean.com. I'll link that though, and I'll remind you guys at the end of this episode. So, Name of the Wind and Wise Man's Fear, read those, just read it. 
And what I really enjoy about fiction, as I've mentioned, is that there are lessons to be learned. I think um, the misconception with fiction is that, oh, we shouldn't waste our time reading fiction. It's just a bunch of made-up stuff. But no, that's not true. It's like there are themes in the fiction book. There are themes in fiction, and they're meaningful as well. Like, um, And most of the writers, I find, especially with science fiction and fantasy, they have like a philosophy background. They have an educational background. So they're bringing those things just into a different medium and making a story around it. So that's what I really love about fiction. I think it's super underrated. So another book that I really love, Stranger in a Strange Land by Robert Heinlein. This one I actually own. I need to buy Name of the Wind and Wise Man's Fear. But anyway, Stranger in a Strange Land is about this man who came from Mars and he he becomes friends with the humans on Earth. And it's just like about their adventure and what they're dealing with. And it turns out that it's all philosophy. Like just how to love, how to love other people, how to live your life, how to follow your instincts, how to um, follow your gut and just like roll with the things you really believe in. And when you do that, the right people will come into your life. So Stranger in a Strange Land, I really enjoyed that as well. There are a lot of fiction books that I've read. Oh, let me mention this before I, before I forget. One of the best fiction books I've read. The Wind-Up Bird Chronicle by Haruka, Haruki Murakami. The Wind-Up Bird Chronicle. If you're looking for a, a book that's straight imagination, it's so surreal, it's so crazy. Like, the things that happen in it, it can't even happen. Like, there's no way, right? But the way Murakami dishes it out, the way he writes it, the story is amazing. That's a four and a half out of five for me. The Wind-Up Bird Chronicle, read that. So I've mentioned four fiction books that I really enjoyed. Obviously, if you guys haven't read Harry Potter, read Harry Potter. If you haven't read Game of Thrones and you're into that stuff, Game of Thrones is sick as well. Okay, let me mention one more before I move on to a different um, series of books. The book is called Wonder by R.J. Palacio. So this is a children's book and it's gotten like super huge in the last couple of years so this is a book about I believe his name's Augie he's like a little kid in elementary school and through a series of unfortunate events his face had to be like re redone so like his face obviously they never showed any pictures of what his face looks like but you can kind of imagine it like his eyes are not aligned I think his nose and his mouth was also like a bit um off-center as well anyway like it was a very visible misalignment so it follows it's written in again it's a kid's book it's written in the mother's perspective the sister's perspective 
I think they give you the kids, uh, Augie's perspective as well, as well as some of his friends. And just reading that book, like, so the kid was going to school. Obviously, he struggled with it a little bit because obviously there are always kids. There are always people that are going to be dicks. But he had some really good people in his life as well. And this was like one of the first books that I actually cried reading. Like, I cried. I bawled my eyes out. There was so much love. Like, the people around him loved them so much and gave him so much love. It was just beautiful. So, Wonder by R.J. Palacio. That's a really good book, too. All right. And then, moving into my last couple books. These are all amazing. So, I have two. On the Road and Dharma Bums by Jack Kerouac. These two books are based in like <clears throat> the 50s, 60s, 70s, you know, 80s maybe. Um, just about people in the United States, hippies, um, just learning to live life, traveling around the country, hiking crazy ass mountains, running down those mountains, um, going home, like hanging out with their friends, drinking wine, dancing, meditating. And just like having a fucking ball. So these books really motivated me to go out of Toronto. And this is probably like these are the books that really got me to travel and do that road trip around the United States. As I mentioned in, uh, I think it was episode number three, I talked about my road trip, how I did three months just driving around, camping around in the States. And these books were super integral in why I did that. It was just like learning about the things that we don't know about and going outside of our comfort zone, learning to be with ourselves and learning to like learning what struggle felt like. Because when you're on the road for seven hours, you're driving alone for seven hours. It's like the mental fortitude has to be there in order to not just be like, you know what, fuck this, I'm over it, I'm going home, right? It's just like, and just learning to be comfortable with ourself. So On the Road, Dharma Bums, if you're looking for good adventure books. And then we have The Call of the Wild. The Call of the Wild and Wild Fang. These were written by Jack London. These are like short adventure novels. They're published in the like early 1900s. Um, this was, these books are about like, they're set in the Yukon, they're set in the Northwest. It's about the gold rush. And uh, these are books about dogs. And I never thought like these books were so enjoyable like you just breeze through right them you know when they're books they're super enjoyable super easy to read you just roll right through them so call of the wild and wild fang by jack london these were about dogs that well there was one main dog and obviously his interactions were with other dogs as well as his masters right so these were sled dogs and it was just about like 
their adventures, um, traveling to and from wherever they were traveling, the struggles they dealt with. And it was just crazy. Like the dogs, just the way he wrote about the dogs and the dog's perspective and how he had to deal with the other dogs, because obviously they had, there had to be a pecking order. So oftentimes the dog had to fight another dog and eventually kill him or her because you know they were vying for number one and when you're vying for number one there's only space for one at the top so the call of the wild and wild fang were super enjoyable i really love those books um highly recommend highly highly recommend them so those are my fiction books that i really enjoyed I didn't go through all of them because I didn't want to make the episode too, too long. But as I mentioned, the important part is be open to fiction, find the books, find the things you're into and read about it. Like if you're into murder mystery, go all out on it. Or if you're into like romance books, you're still reading, you're still learning. Um, For me, science fiction and fantasy does the trick. Um, I used to read... Or even now, like, I'll look to see what's currently popular. But over the years, there are so many books. Like, if you're just starting on your book reading journey, just go back and look at, like, the top 100 books that you need to read and read those because they're all solid. Like, things like Life of Pi, things like Harry Potter, uh, The Kite Runner, you know, 1984, all those things, they're pretty solid just read them just start reading and you'll eventually find what you're into so i'm gonna close it off there for this episode i know it's a bit different let me know if let me know if you guys liked listening to me talking about books i'm really into books i love talking about books so if you guys have like any book recommendations or if you guys just want to chat about certain books please hit me up and again, again, if you're looking for a book to read right now, if you want a nonfiction book and you're in a kind of a rut, read 10X Rule or Power of Now. Read those two. If you're looking for some adventure, read The Name of the Wind. The Name of the Wind. I'm going to say it one more time, guys. The Name of the Wind. The best book I've ever read my favorite book of all time just talking about it makes me want to go back and wants me makes me want to go back and read it again that's how good it is so guys as always thank you for listening I'm going to provide some books some links to these books on the show notes as always you can find me on instagram at theodore.lim you can also find my personal blog and links to the podcast at theodorelim.ca if you guys like what you hear please drop a review on iTunes building strength with Theo Lim I would really appreciate it if you haven't already subscribed subscribe to the podcast so you stay up to date episodes drop every single Thursday as always Thank you for listening. I really appreciate you guys. 
I welcome any feedback you may have, so please hit me up. Until next time, peace.